you know, at, at the core of what you're building it as a church is you're building a community. And so if you're going to start a conversation and then not engage in it, I think it's, you're basically, it's not social media. It's basically just a, it's just one way media. From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. I'm Brian Boyd, and welcome to our next edition. Nell Smith is here. Nels, what's going on? Brian, thanks for having me. Nels, Nels is a great guy. We're both uh, New Yorkers. Um, I kind of go back and forth between Florida and New York, uh, but we raise, I raise my kids in New York. You're raising yours in New York as well. What's it like being a dad in New York City these days? Man, it, it is fun. So I, I still refer to myself as a Texan, even though we've been here about six years now. Um, right. But when, you know, when I've got my Texas passport still and we uh, born and raised <laughs> in Texas, but we they don't uh, take you know, that passport in Manhattan. They, I don't think. No, they don't. They don't. So I had no. to get a new one here. Yes. But it, um, you know, it's fun. We, we've we got a seven year old and a 10 year old and um, come on, they, they love the city and we love the city. Yeah. We just were just ice skating in Bryant Park yesterday with my girls. And so we because you can do that because you and, can do and, that. So after church, it, we went ice skating and it's free if you have your own skates, right? It is. Yep. So we, yeah. we bought cheap ice skates on Amazon and, you know, we jump on the ice and it's free and have a good time. I think people have a misconception about New York thinking it's just out of the price range for everybody. But you know what? I think you can hack it. And, and and hack the city and and like there you go free ice skating in Bryant Park which is the middle of the city I mean yes. it's, it's the it's the place to be yes um you know Trader it, Joe's we, is all over Manhattan you get right. cheap groceries there dollar pizza you know. that's right dollar pizza is the best yes probably not the best for you <laughs> but it is good yes and uh you know jogging on the west side in Central Park Central Park is free now they did they got rid of the admission they charge got Central rid Park of it. I understand it's amazing yeah Amazing, true. but Nils and I are going to talk about social media for a little bit. N Nils wrote the book on social media. Well, I wrote a book about five years ago, and uh, and I enjoyed the process of writing a book. Then you wrote yeah. a book about a year ago about social media, and um, and uh, we both have been working in the faith space and and really helping faith leaders with social media, and uh, it's a it's a great space to be in. So it's not. It's not dead, huh? Social media still is a thing. It, it seems like it. You know, I I wrote Brian my first book, Social Media Guide for Ministry, with Group Publishing eight years ago, and wow. I had to write a new one because in eight years, I talked yeah. about MySpace. You know, yeah. Uh, in in that first book, I talked. It's changed a lot uh, in in seven years, eight years, and even this one. I wrote it. It came out a year after I wrote it because of the publishing process and how all that mm -hmm. works and. Um, yeah. And even then there were things that it's like, oh, well, that, that's irrelevant now. So you and talked so about it, Vine a, and how awesome Vine is. Yeah, Vine will be around Vine. forever. You know, yes. I think Google Plus and Vine are my two favorite platforms right now. Yep. Yep. For sure. You got to go. Yeah. You know, what, one of the things that was, so when I wrote the new book, I went back to my old book and one of the predictions I made in my old book is this Instagram platform is going to catch on. And I felt very proud of myself that you know, eight years ago, I, I predicted Instagram accurately. Yep. Now, I also recommended that you get on MySpace. And there was another social network called Faith Village, which was a Christian social network that mm -hmm. ceased to exist within like a year of me writing my book. And so mm -hmm. they're 
so much changes all the time. Well, it's, it's, um, I think a lot of the, the tactics and messages you talk about are, are timeless. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, when I wrote my book, uh, you know, six years ago, social media for the executive, I tried to think about that as you did, you know, yeah. I need to run right about things yeah. that, that last, but, um, well, it, it's, it's great for you, for you to be here today. Our audience is made up of church leaders, church decision makers, and, um, and probably all different sizes. So some, some churches have dedicated teams. Some people have part-timers, some have servant leaders or volunteers doing it. You know, how, how does a church stay on top of the different platforms and, and do they need to be on all 15 of them? You know, wh- where does one begin? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Brian. I, I think realistically, you, you've got to, you've got to pick and choose. You, I don't think any church, you, even if you've got five full-time staff members focused on social media and businesses will, will have this, you know, you need to probably pick two or three that you really lean into, maybe expand to four or five if you have a large team. But the reality is, is, is you don't need to be on all of them. I, I think re- realistically, Facebook has 3 billion active users. I think that's the place to start for most ministries and churches. Um, but, but I think Instagram is also at a, at a place where most churches need to be engaged on, on that platform as well, especially if you want to engage a younger congregation. And then from there, I think it really just d- depends on your community and who it is you're, you're wanting to reach and maybe even within your ministry, if there's a specific target community. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a youth pastor, you might need to be on Snapchat or if you're, or TikTok, um, or if you're in women's ministry, you might need to be on Pinterest. So it, it depends, but you don't need to be everywhere. That's for sure. I, I enjoy the TikTok. Do you? <laughs> no, the TikTok. The TikTok. The Facebook. Yes. No, I, I, uh, I haven't really. I, I have a TikTok account, but I'm not really a big user there. Okay. I'm it's, the wrong, it is I'm the wrong growing, demo. It's growing tremendously fast. And I yeah. think if you're I was talking to a pastor today where they just did a TikTok competition in their mm. youth ministry, had a ton of kids uh, get on board. It was a huge e- outreach event for their youth ministry. So I think there is an opportunity there. It is it is an interesting platform and definitely yeah. not many people doing ministry on TikTok right now. And Reddit. Reddit would be another one where a lot of churches aren't yep. spending much time. That is true. It's also a place I don't spend a lot of time, but it is, there's people there and there's yeah. a ministry opportunity. Do you think, you think TikTok, TikTok's video platform will surpass Instagram, Instagram stories? Do you think it has that opportunity to even, even surpass Instagram? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, what I don't think it will surpass Instagram. Uh, I think actually that what they're running up against uh, with with a lot of the data concerns is, is a really significant issue, and, and I think trust um, with with these platforms is becoming more and more important. And and so I think that the issues that Facebook is having uh, are going to be even more significant as people dig into TikTok. And so if I were to predict, what I think will happen is I think the format of these short videos is going to catch on, and just just like. Instagram stories copied Snapchat. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Instagram copies TikTok and right. uh, integrates it, and in this format uh, becomes more popular. But I, I don't see TikTok surpassing Instagram when it comes to engagement and popularity or consumption. Um, and, and I actually do think that they'll probably just copy the format and, and steal the audience, similar to what they did with with Instagram, because they can they can do that. 
because they because it's Facebook because at the end of the Facebook. day. That's right. Um, and they they have the resources to do that. Now they there actually is an app out there, Lasso, which is a direct copy of TikTok that Facebook owns. They've not yet pushed it hard, mm-hmm. and, and it's not uh, doesn't have mass use. But I feel like it's just sitting there waiting uh, for them to. Uh, wait till the surge is right to go and and steal the audience like they did previously. Should churches be concerned about this? Is a two part question okay. about hosting and e- apostolizing, evangelizing on a platform like Facebook? Should should a church be concerned that if they are 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 spreading the spreading the good news or however they're evangelizing that Facebook will turn off the the, the spigot one day and say, that's enough. We've had enough of this faith stuff. You know, <clears throat> you have a thousand, yeah. 2000, 10 million people here and now they're all done because we're not going to be doing faith anymore. Should that be a concern? Yeah. I, I think it should be a, it should be in your thought processes. You don't own that audience. You don't own that platform. And, and so they can change the rules. And and so we saw this with Facebook pages that, and this is not just faith-based pages, but, all of a sudden Facebook's algorithm changed and now only two to 3% of people that follow your page see the content that you're posting. And, and so because you don't own that audience and they're not on your email list or text message list, and it's not on your website um, that, that people are going to, I, I think you, you don't own that audience. And so from an evan- evangelistic perspective, I think it's a great platform. We, we want to go where people are, but I think from a realistic discipleship engagement fellowship standpoint, I think we have to be ready to pivot at any point, knowing that uh, whether it's because of faith reasons, Facebook changes some policies or systems or Instagram or TikTok or whoever it might be. um, I think we've got to be ready to engage people outside of these platforms at any point, but I think we do maximize them while they're there, especially from an evangelistic perspective. So using those platforms to drive traffic back into the sites that we own, is that a good idea? Absolutely. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that really is is one of the best uses is, is to drive them to where they are. Now, I think sometimes people want to immediately drive them to their site. And, and I think realistically, a relationship is a process. And so a lot of times you want to engage them, you want them to follow you, you want to, you know, comment and engage and then move them to the site. And so it's a path towards engagement. It's not an immediate, okay, you saw me, now you need to go to our website uh, and have a link on every single post. I, I think it's more of a thoughtful engage them natively in, in those spaces, just like you might, if you were to think about relational evangelism, if you were to go to a park and meet somebody, you wouldn't say, Hey, you want to come to my church? Hey, you, can I get to know your name? You know, can I, can I get to know your life? Can I tell you about my Jesus? And now would you like to come to my church? See, you, you build a relationship, um, over whether it's 15 minutes or 15 days or 15 months. Um, and I think you do the same thing on social media. You, you build a relationship, but then you want to move them to a more direct congregation engagement path like email or, or your physical church. It's awesome. You know, I think with, with the multi-site campuses that we see now, I know that you, uh, I think I see you, you attend Hillsong in, in Manhattan occasionally. Yeah. And yes. so I think for the most part, Carl Lentz is there, but does he not sometimes, is he sometimes not there and there's a video, uh, or how does that, how does, yeah. how does the church do Sunday service there? Yeah, so we, and we're at the Manhattan location, so we're we're one of those that get to see him live. But then they're feeding it out to our Boston location, or Connecticut and New Jersey, and so they they feed out uh, the the broadcast to the other locations. But there are occasions where 
even, you know, Brian Houston would be preaching from Australia and they'll feed that into our services here at, at Hillsong, New York. And so, yeah, there's definitely times where they use video and they feed it into the service. So you'll have live worship and then you'll have a video message from from the pastor. So when I grew up, uh, I grew up in an AG church in Tacoma, Washington. You know, I was expected to be at the service and have my my butt in the pew and all the way back in the yep. pew, by the way, to the back of the pew. <laughs> all, all the way. way. And, um, uh, and that's the 11 o'clock service was the service. There was 9.30 Sunday school, 11 o'clock service, and, and then brunch. And today in 2020, church is no longer – it, it could be in a pew or it could be via a, uh, you know, like a multi-site campus video HD simulcast, or you could be home watching it on, on YouTube streaming live. Do you think, do you think people, the way people consume church is, is different in how they interact with the church? Do you think the church is missing out by not having everyone in, in the physical building? Um, it's a loaded question. It is. Yeah. And it, it's, I would say this is, this is tough. Um, you know, I, I, I led and and started onlinechurch.com. So I'm a big believer in, in the world of online church, but I'm also, and we go to a physical church and we, we actually like it better when our pastor is physically preaching in front of us rather than on a video. And and so we, um, I I think there's nothing like face-to-face community. I, I think people need that. Uh, I think it is ideal. But, but I also understand that it's not realistic for everyone. Um, and, and, and some people are able to engage in different ways. And so when, when it comes to whether your church should live stream or put their podcast, you know, the audio on a podcast or video on YouTube or uh, th- those paths, you know, the, the stats that I have seen and, and experienced with churches is those churches that do it actually increase their physical attendance. It, it doesn't negatively impact their physical attendance. And what it actually allows, you know, your church members to do. And we're, we're a young family with young kids. And, and, and I've learned, you know, I used to always think, why don't people come to church every Sunday? Well, you know what, we've got sick kids or we've got, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, there are a lot of reasons why we can't make it to church, um, or we're traveling for whatever the reason might be. But when a church is streaming, we're able to stay connected to the sermon series or what's going on, uh, by, by watching online or by listening, mm-hmm to the podcast. And so what I have found is that streaming media, um, isn't, doesn't really encourage people to skip church. It more keeps people that aren't able to make it to church engaged, or it gives them an idea of what they're going to experience before they come. And so, so often before you even go to a restaurant, you're going to look it up on Yelp. You know, you're going to check it out the menu before you even go there. And, And so before you go to a church, the more you can experience, the more comfortable you're going to be before you physically make that commitment to go. And so mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of advantages and I would say the disadvantages are, are minimal compared to the advantages from what I have seen. Well, I think it's uh technology has come so far. I mean, the quality yes. that a church can, can provide to the YouTube audience, Facebook audience, or just their website is amazing. We, we've been to India a few times and one of my favorite churches in India is in Chennai. It's the new life assembly of God church there. And of course their services start, a New York time on Saturday night, the first Sunday yeah. morning service. Yeah. So we, we kind of do a round robin. We'll start Saturday night watching India church, wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. watch, you know, Calvary chapel, then move over to Lakewood church yeah. in, in, in Houston. And then maybe uh, Calvary chapel with Chino Hills and Cal in Los Angeles. And you can pretty yep. much follow the time zones and watch church. All day yeah. 
It's great. I love it. It is. And I, and I still, I, I do the same thing. I, I don't necessarily do that from the India broadcast, but we, we will watch Brian Houston in Australia, sure. you know, on Saturday nights. And then we will, uh, you know, go to, go to our church on Sunday. And then a lot of times when I come home, I'll watch a service on the West coast, whether that's Rick Warren or Miles McPherson or, you know, many, one of the pastors there on the West coast that's live streaming. And so it, uh, it is amazing that you're able to kind of yeah. catch the different time zones and in in those worship services now as, and I get so many alerts now with Facebook live and YouTube, and it's, um, it's amazing how easy it is now to stream out those services. It is easy. And in a, a short little plug for our audience, one of our sponsors of the magazine, uh, they didn't, they haven't paid to be here is a uh, Zype, Z-Y-P-E.com Zype. And they're out of New York and, and they have a whole division that helps churches uh, with the streaming technology, not the social media, but the actual streaming. And you should really give them a call, zype.com. They're great folks. And, and uh, I'm actually a customer of theirs myself. So now Nils, you know, it's, it's one of the challenges I've seen too, is, is once you start publishing content on a platform, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, you get a lot of comments. Hopefully you do. Yes. You know, how yes. important is it to acknowledge all those comments and interact with them? Cause I see some churches, they put up a message and then they ignore everybody that has a comment. Um, <laughs> pros, yeah. cons, how, how do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's essential, you know, at, at the core of what you're building it as a church is you're building a community. And so if you're going to start a conversation and then not engage in it, I think it's, you're basically, it's not social media. It's basically just a, it's just one way media. That's what television and radio was. Uh, but social media is made to for interaction. Now, the reality is it might not be you as a church organization that is responding to the media, but it could be your your volunteers, your staff. You you should have people engaged in that community, in those comments and messages. You should not just be putting out content just for the sake of people consuming it. You should be putting out content to, to build a relationship. And uh, I, I think the power of social media is that there's fellowship opportunities on social media. There's discipleship opportunities mm, yeah. on social media. Uh, there, there's there's missional opportunities there, and, and the missional opportunities happen in the comments uh, and the relationships that are formed there. And so, I, I think it's I think it's the greatest value your church is going to get out of social media is the conversations that are formed. And so, when when you're not engaging in those conversations, you're really missing a significant ministry opportunity. That's, that's good stuff. Well, it's, I've seen plenty of, uh, churches who don't do that. So, um, again, yeah, like you said, too. at the beginning of the conversation, even just take one platform and start there. Um, yes, there's a, and, and I think many churches have really smart, you know, members, visitors, the congregation who, who are looking for area ways to help ways to be part of the church. And my guess is yes. you should be able to find a, a, a volunteer or a servant leader who could do a good job yet retain your voice in the ministry. Um, so something to think about now yeah, absolutely. for churches that need, need help in social media. I, I, I know you've got a program that you're just rolling out. I think, uh, kind of helping churches talk to me a little bit about, about what you're doing now, Nils. Yeah. You know, I've, I've started a, a, a training, uh, or I've created a kind of a series of training, uh, sessions that I've been working on. I've been, dreaming about for, for a couple of years, I went to Facebook's F8 conference a couple of years ago. And, and I remember thinking, man, if churches would just embrace these concepts and really invest in social media, now I don't think it's a massive investment, but really taking some time to 
prioritize social media as as an engagement opportunity where they can grow both numerically and spiritually through these platforms, not just Facebook, is is so significant. And I, I thought, man, if I could just engage uh, churches around these things, and I'm a consultant, but I can realistically only consult about 20 or uh, 20 to 30 ministries on, on an ongoing basis. And um, and and I wanted to be able to have much greater impact and 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 help churches. And my dad pastors a church of two hundred in uh, a small town outside of Houston, Texas, and and so I, I wanted to figure out how can I help churches like my dad's church uh, maximize social media. So I created uh, you know a series of training sessions um, that is for churches called Growing Your Church with Social Media, and really look at um, and I kind of started with the state of social media and then. Build, building out a Facebook formula uh, that I share and and top 10 mistakes churches make with social media. And so really helping to learn from and even the mistakes really lead into here are the best solutions and best practices for social media. But really, my heart is to help churches uh, maximize this that, this opportunity that, ex- that sits in front of us today that that is, um, you know, it's it just it's so powerful. And I think we've only scratched the surface to date of what's possible with uh, with these platforms from a ministry perspective. So tell me, how do people find out about the uh, about your program? Yeah, I think go to the website nilsmith.com slash grow. Okay. Um, and and you will that link will take you there to uh, the the first session. Um, okay. and so you can learn there about state of social media. And then uh, if you sign up, uh, I will email you uh, the next three sessions. Um after that, kind of in, on a, on a, in the next four days after you sign up, uh, you'll receive those sessions. And so, and I will guide you throughout. I'm engaging, Brian, uh, just like churches should. No, you're not. Uh, in, That's the, not true. in the comments. Uh, so in each you're session, uh, there's comments. I, I, I'm actually going to block um, all, all of the comments. So whenever you comment, I'm going to show you how to delete comments yeah, by doing by it deleting yourself. your yeah, you uh, Yes, this is how you do it. Wow. Um, but I, I, I want to grow with you. I want to, I want to engage, uh, personally with you. And so as you have questions, uh, I'm going to be there to answer those questions and really, uh, am excited to connect, uh, with, with churches all, all over the country, all over the world, hopefully that, um, around this resource. Good. Well, I'll, I'll put a link to Nils, uh, program in the show notes down below and, uh, and you can, uh, click that link directly to, uh, uh, learn more about Nils' social media program. You know, if as we close out today, it, it, putting you on the spot here, Nils, have you seen yeah. any huge like snafus when you've looked at a ministry? Is it? Oh my goodness, what did they do? Or yeah, is there anything that comes to mind? You don't have to name names, I, but is there yeah, anything no, funny? I, I will name. I, this is a mistake I made, uh, Brian. So I'll I'll, I'll yeah. put myself, throw myself under the bus. So I um, when I first started with um managing social media for our church um and it was with our online church page so it was onlinechurch.com at community Valville church and and we we literally we had about two hundred thousand people on our page and and one of our volunteers managed uh the fully managed the page i i get, would give him the sermon notes and he would create posts on the fly i never asked for him to run it by me or run it by anybody he just would do it um as, as he saw fit and one one day we were doing a sermon series around um, kind of Dave Ramsey topic and um, you know giving or saving and that kind of thing and and uh, he posted on social media uh, and we'd always ask questions you know to stir conversations. Well, his question of the day was, "How much money do you have in savings?" 
and uh, we got so many feedback. Oh, of, it's none of your business. Yeah. Onlinechurch.com. Oh, no. uh, why would you ask me? And it just got so. I mean, just within didn't quite five minutes. Didn't quite work we out. got yeah hundreds of angry comments. Right. Um, of course, you want to know how much money is in my savings account. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I learned that maybe I should have people, you know, uh, get yeah. post approved. Uh, before handing out the time. for some of these things. In, in your head, it sounded yes. good. Your, your inside voice. Oh, and it was great for the couple of months, but it yeah. just took one time of one mistake. Yeah. And luckily, we were able to clean it up pretty quickly, but that was a learning lesson on yeah. my part. I We had one incident. I won't name the name this time, but <laughs> where the uh, uh, I was I was at an event with a, a ministry and, and the social media um, person, he was there as well for this ministry and somehow his phone unlocked in his pocket and he tweeted uh like 47 like the number 47 yeah like it did you know we call it butt <laughs> butt tweet i guess yes and yes and the following was pretty significant so people started saying what's 47 47 what does it mean 47 48 what do we it's code mean? for something yeah what is it it's says cryptic what does it mean oh that's hilarious and, uh, it took on a life of its own. Finally, I had to delete it. It was just a, it was yes. a mistake, but yep. no harm yep. done. You know, it happens. I know it happens. Well, Niz, Nils, uh, so great. We've actually been trying to get together for a while to do this, and I'm really yeah. glad you came. And I want you to please come back. Uh, church Growth Magazine is a magazine dedicated to helping church leaders get the tactics and tools they need to help their church grow. And definitely, uh, as you listen to this, uh, social media, digital media is a huge part of what you are doing, can do, and it doesn't need to be overwhelming. So as you heard today, uh, there's some great tips and tricks and uh, don't be overwhelmed. Uh, Nilsmith.com slash grow. That's the platform where you can learn more about what Nils is doing. And uh, if you're ever in New York, buy him a cup of coffee. He enjoys it and uh, with a little cream. I don't know. I like your coffee, but cream is good. Cream is good on the Upper West Side, uh, which is a great neighborhood. No, you're on the East Side, Upper East Side. Upper East side. Yeah, but yeah, I'll go to the Upper East Side for Upper West Side for a couple. Yeah, of we're going to argue about this because I think the West Side. Yep, <laughs> that's okay. Nels, hey, thank you so much for joining us today on the Church Growth Magazine podcast. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>